Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Now for our story. This morning, Aunt Mariette encountered Miss Thorndyke, the young woman who was caring for Ben's grandson, wheeling the baby boy slowly down the street in his pram. Aunt Mariette introduced herself, and the two women had chatted casually for some minutes. Miss Thorndyke, who lived such a confined life in the nursery of Ben's house, was grateful for the opportunity to talk about the baby. When Aunt Mary mentioned that the child looked familiar somehow, she was as interested as if she were the baby's own mother. Now she looks up quickly as Aunt Mary says, Yes, that's it. This baby's eyes are just like Lisa Fenner. Mrs. Fenner? Or is she a friend of yours, too? Why, yes. Uh, as I say, she stayed with us several days not long ago. I remember her very well. She stopped in to see Mrs. Mead, and I said to you Mrs. You mean uh, Mrs. Fenner visited Mrs. Mead recently? Yes, just for an afternoon. But we had a nice little talk when she came out on the terrace to see the baby. She seemed to be so interested in him. <laughs> I think she almost hated to leave. Come to think of it, I believe she said she was taking the train that same day. But if she's been visiting you... Well, she's gone on to Chicago now. Oh, I see. I guess you'll find that quite a change from California. California? Why, yes, I believe that's where she met Mrs. Mead. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, look. The baby's dropped off to sleep while we've been talking. <laughs> I know. Nothing bothers him. In fact, the only time he ever seems to be the least bit cranky is when Mrs. Mead comes into the nursery. She's... Oh, that must sound rather strange to you, Mrs. Lane. What I mean is he isn't as used to his mother as he is to me, and I think her nervousness puts him on edge, too. Probably it does. Babies are quick to respond to people's moods. Tension. Goodness, I'm afraid I've practically talked your arm off. Oh, no. I... I don't see very many people. Sometimes days go by, and the only person I talk to almost is the baby. He's a lot of company, but even so... Oh, of course, my dear. It's only natural you need a little companionship, being in a strange town. Yes, that's it, partly. I've met so few people. And then... Well, the Calvert home is, is beautiful and everything, but it has such an empty feeling somehow. Some days I, I get so depressed I can hardly bear it. Oh, it's too bad. Anyway, Mrs. Lane, it's been nice talking to you. You didn't seem like a stranger to me after hearing Mr. Mead sing your praises. I guess you know how fond he is of you. Well, Bill and I are very good friends. <laughs> I have a lot of respect for him, too. He does seem to be a fine young man. I've often thought what a shame it is things have to be the way they are. It's too bad when they're children, and Mr. Mead simply adores the baby. Oh, I know he does. Well, Miss Thorndyke, you never can tell. Perhaps in the long run, everything will come out all right. Oh, I do hope so. I'd hate to think this youngster wasn't going to have a normal, happy childhood. It's a pity for any child not to have. Well, let's hope for the best, shall we? You and I? Yes, Mrs. Lane. <laughs> well, I'm afraid I better be getting along. 
Lefty will be worried if I don't meet him right on the dot. I've a rather exaggerated reputation for being prompt. <laughs> As a result, if I'm a few minutes late, the family always imagines that something dreadful must have happened to delay me. <laughs> well, you can tell him the dreadful thing this time was that you met an awfully talkative young woman who wouldn't let you go. <laughs> no, I'll tell him nothing of the sort. Um, perhaps we can arrange for you to come out to the farm some evening. I'd like you to meet my niece, Peggy, and the rest of the family. Well, that's awfully thoughtful of you, Mrs. Lane. All right, we'll see what we can do about it soon. I'd love to. Well, goodbye, Mrs. Lane, and, and thanks. Goodbye, my dear. As Aunt Mary drove back to the square, she reviewed her conversation with Miss Thorndyke. From the things the young woman had left unsaid, Aunt Mary thought baby son. She thought, too, of the curious fact that although Lisa Fanner had visited Kit Mead while she was in Wakefield, she had later refused to tell anything of her connection with Ben Calvert's daughter. Meanwhile, Miss Thorndyke returned home, put the baby into his crib in the nursery, and went into the sitting room across the hall. A few minutes later, Kit entered. Well, Miss Thorndyke, I see you got home with the baby finally. Yes, we went for a little walk. I like to get a little exercise in the morning, and the baby loves being out. I'm afraid you didn't get much exercise this morning, did you? I don't know what you mean, Mrs. Mead. Of course, you were talking a blue streak. I suppose that is exercise in a way. Mrs. Mead, apparently I've done something to displease you. If I have, I wish you'd tell me what it is. On my way home a few minutes ago, I passed you standing on the street talking to Aunt Mary. I drove right past you, but you were so busy chattering, you didn't even see me. I talked to Mrs. Lane, yes. I was going along, and she introduced herself. She stopped to chat for a few minutes. I can't see anything wrong in it. Perhaps there are a lot of things you don't see, Miss Thorndyke. Or maybe you just don't want to. I thought I'd made it plain to you before that I don't like your constantly getting into lengthy conversations with anyone you happen to meet. I don't know what you're talking about, Mrs. Mead. Constantly. It's really quite funny when I think of it. This is the first time I've said more than two words to anyone for weeks. It was the same thing when Mrs. Fenner was here that afternoon. You two were out there on the terrace just as cozy as anything. I'm sure I don't see what you find to talk about with these people, but whatever it is, I don't like it. Mrs. Lane took the trouble to be friendly to me, for one thing. Friendliness is something I'd almost forgotten about since I've been here, Mrs. Mead. Friendly? I'll bet she was friendly. She probably wanted to find out anything she could about what goes on in this house. So she took the opportunity to butter you up in order to pump you. What did she say? What did she ask you? Why, nothing in particular. We talked about the baby. The baby? Naturally. You ought to know, Mrs. Mead, that's the first thing any normal woman does talk about when she sees a child out for an airing. So you talked about the baby. I suppose she asked a lot of questions. I should think you'd have sense enough to know with the situation what it is in this town, my divorce coming up and so forth, that, that I wouldn't want you going around gossiping about me, the baby, or anything else. I'm sure nothing I said would endanger you in any way, Mrs. Mead. You can't be sure. You don't know... Oh, what's the use? It's done now. I think you're making a mountain out of a molehill, Mrs. Mead. Besides, how can you expect me to know which people it's all right to talk to? Which people are your friends and which are your enemies? Since you seem to think you have some. The best thing for you to do is just to assume they're all my enemies. That'll be close enough. I'm sorry you feel that way, Mrs. Mead. I'm aware that you've been under a great strain with everything that's been happening. But I can't help thinking if you'd approach people with less of a chip on your shoulder... Look, Miss Thorndyke. Dad hired you to take care of the child. You seem to be doing an adequate job. I suggest that you limit your activities to the nursery. 
Certainly, I have no intention of standing around while you hand out a bit of homely philosophy. Very well, Mrs. Mead. If you prefer that I leave... Oh, don't be silly. I simply mean that if you'll stick to your own knitting, you'll be better off. I can take care of my problems very nicely without any help from you. However, this I insist on. Don't go around talking to every Tom, Dick, and Harry you happen to run into, either in this house or in Wakefield. Is that clear? Oh, that's a rude, nasty, mean-tempered. But went for that baby, I'd just pack up and leave tonight. She worried about anyway. She made the same fuss when Mrs. Fenner came that day. Raised the roof. Just because I talked to that poor girl for a few minutes. Let her stay out there with the baby. And now Mrs. Lane. Oh, it doesn't make sense. Not as if she cared about the child, really. She doesn't. And why is she so jumpy about him? About people seeing him, talking about him. What does she think they'll find out? I suppose it's a dreadful thing to say, but I, I can't help wishing they'd award the baby to Mr. Mead when the trial comes up. Well, Miss Thorndyke, after the way Kit Mead has behaved, you're quite right to wonder what her reasons are. And if only you knew it, the answers are all within your grasp. If you could find the solution, you might be of great help to many people affected by Kit Mead's claiming Lisa Fenner's child as her own.